Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching, whether it's stories and ideas for my own classrooms or lessons I've learned from other educators. I love to explore different ways to help students grow and thrive in school and for their educators to thrive as well. And so that's what I talk about on this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom. All right, well, thanks for tuning into this episode. Uh, it is late May, at least as I'm recording this. I don't know when you're listening, but uh, late May means that we are approaching summer break, uh, at least here in the States. If you're listening overseas and you have a different schedule than us, I know I've got some friends down there in Australia who, who often tune in. Hey, don't mean to rub it in um, that, uh, that, that a lot of teachers over on our side of the pond are about to get some much needed time to rest and recuperate. Don't mean to rub that in. Hopefully you get your long breaks at other times, uh, but here it, it is fast approaching and I hope uh, the last couple weeks of the school year, whether if you have a couple weeks, maybe you're getting done now, I don't know, whatever, wherever you're at, I hope it goes good. I hope uh, you find some joy in the next few weeks. Um, I've got a nine and seven year old uh, who are just about to finish up third and first grade. And man, it just carries a lot of emotions for them. I mean, they're, they're, they're sad to say bye to their teachers and going to be away from their friends, but they're also obviously very, very excited to have lots of, of, of time to play and uh, not do schoolwork. And so, uh, and, and I know as a teacher, like there's just this, uh, there's just this strange emotion as you approach the end of the year. Um, obviously, the joy of knowing uh, what is to come summer break is a gift. It is, it is so necessary. Anybody who says otherwise is clearly not an educator. Um, and so you obviously you look forward to it. And maybe that's all you're doing, and that is absolutely fine. But I know I always have this feeling of, oh, but I'm also going to miss these students. Or, man, I, I, I hope... They got something out of my class. I, I hope it wasn't all in vain. I, I hope it was all good for them. Um, and then sometimes you kind of have this tinge. I don't know about you. At least I can speak for myself. I know I've always felt this feeling of like, oh, sometimes I feel a little incomplete at this time of year. Like this student who I've just been pouring into all year just doesn't seem the, the light bulbs aren't going off yet. And now the time is up and I probably won't ever have them in my class again. Was it all in vain? And so like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I just know the end of the school year for me just kind of carries a lot of emotions. There's this bittersweetness to it. Um, I remember one year at the very end of the school year, uh, school was out and the kids didn't want to leave. I remember some kids were crying and they were sad to be done with ninth grade and sad to be out of my class and the community we built. And man, it was so lovely to see like, oh, they were impacted by our time together. This is good. And, and, and I also was excited to go on summer break. And, and also I was sad to say bye to those kids. And I don't, there's just a lot this time of year. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, all of this, this thinking about, you know, d was it good? Was it, was it worth it for students? Did we, did we see the transformation we were aiming for? Is there something incomplete? It's got me thinking about this idea of perfect. Um, you know, and, and let me explain what I mean by that. When I started teaching, I really wanted to be that teacher that every kid remembers, right? Like I, I, I wanted to be that teacher who would get to the end of the school year and every kid loved my class and all of them are sad to be leaving, which by the way, that's why that 
one year when the kids were crying really stuck out to me. I was like, oh, good, I, I achieved it. Um, but it didn't always turn out that way. And I'm guessing there were plenty of students in that class who did not cry and did not hang out around after school. They got out as fast as they could. But I, I, I wanted to be that teacher that every kid remembers, the one that students would visit years later after they graduate. I wanted to be that guy who gets invited to 100 graduation parties, and I wanted to make it to all of them. You know, I wanted to get to know every one of my students, and I wanted to be the person that would just listen to them when no one else would. You know, I wanted to be that person who could make grammar or geometry or photosynthesis or the French Revolution, whatever I was teaching, I wanted it to come alive for every one of my students. I wanted my classroom to be colorful and comfortable. I had this idea that I'd burn candles so kids walking by in the hallway would smell the French vanilla wafting in from my room. I wanted my, my teacher evaluations to score as highly effective every single year because I wanted to be the best teacher in the school. When I got into teaching, I wanted to be the perfect teacher. You know, it, 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 I don't know if that's rare. I don't think I'm alone in that, but I wanted to be perfect. I really wanted to have this, like, my ideals for the classroom and school and what was supposed to be and the interactions between students and teachers. I wanted all of this idealism to be true. And then I actually started teaching and I learned what the weight of this pressure actually feels like. You know, but in my first couple years, you know, I bore this weight of trying to be perfect, this perfectionism. I bore this weight almost like a martyr, you know, and I remember just absolutely running myself ragged to make sure every unit I planned and every lesson I designed to be engaging and fun for my students. And I remember saying yes to everything. I chaperoned every dance and I never said no when I was asked to do something by an administrator or even other teachers. I was calling home to parents every day. I was tutoring students before and after school. I was reading teacher books. I used to do these nightly teacher Twitter chats where I'd sit online and just get in deep conversations about teaching so I could become better and better and become more and more perfect. I listened to non-stop teacher podcasts on the way to work. I refused to call in sick and I would just hack my way through lessons. I was always smiling. I made sure my students knew that Mr. Muir loves his job and that he does it all for them. And then, you know, but then I'd have like difficult students in my class and, and, and they would act out and I could see it behind their eyes that there was something wrong that maybe there, you know, even though they were rude in my class, there was probably a reason for it. And so I would pour everything I had into those students. And I believed that if I could work hard enough, I could save them. I could save every student and I could have the perfect classroom. And, and I was constantly striving for perfection. And then after several years of this, I burned out. My tank, my tank was empty. I just couldn't do it anymore. I was physically and mentally exhausted by perfectionism. And the result of this was me bringing a substandard version of my spell, myself to all aspects of life. I mean, I wasn't showing up with my best energy at school anymore. I mean, because I did that all the time because I was always trying to be the best and always trying to be perfect and trying to do everything right. There was a after a while, I didn't have the energy to do that anymore. And now I wasn't even bringing good energy to class. I found myself being shorter with students and having less energy to engage in, less energy to connect with them at deep levels. But then also I wasn't having the best energy at home either. I, I was like a candle burning from both ends. And that just doesn't end well. 
And, and so at the height of this burnout, I, I, there was a moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't really the career I envisioned for myself. I had all of these ideals and none of them are coming true anymore because I am out of energy. I just remember feeling physically and emotionally exhausted. And, and in the midst of all this, my little girl was born. And so I also had a newborn at home. And so I'm just dead tired because you don't sleep very much with newborns. And I'm dead tired because I was just trying to bring everything I had to school at all times. And it just led to burnout and I didn't know what to do about it um, and then a teacher who'd been doing this for a long long time like over 40 years and she still just loved the work she was so so committed to her work and she just seemed to just do it all great <laughs> and, and dare I say perfect she just seemed like the perfect teacher I remember telling her about this burnout I was experiencing and I even shared that I didn't really want to do it for very much longer I couldn't actually be a teacher for much longer at this rate in fact uh you know, I used to, in the summers, um, I, I would actually flip houses with my wife because we just needed supplemental income. And so I started flipping houses in the summer and, you know, we'd buy a really, 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 really cheap house and, and put some really nice touches on it and resell it. And so I started doing this in the summer and I started flirting with the idea of, oh, what if I just did this full time? Like I, I don't get completely fired up about it. Like I don't really, I can't really say I'm passionate about flipping houses, but man, I, I, I feel like maybe I'd have a little bit more energy uh, in my life and for my family if, if I did this instead of what I'm doing in school. And I remember sharing this with that teacher and, and just saying, I don't know what to do. I, I, I feel like being perfect's tiring me out. And I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said, Trevor, you don't have to be perfect. And I responded, yeah, but, and she goes, nope, 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 no buts. Trevor, you don't have to be perfect. I remember telling her stuff. And I was like, yeah, but like, I really want to change lives and I want my class to be memorable and I really want my students to love being here. And she stops me and she goes, yeah, me too, Trevor, but you don't have to be perfect to do that. And I remember just really letting her words sink in at me. We were sitting at a Panera and, and when she gave me some of this wisdom and I let her words sink in and sit with me for a bit. And, you know, that was the moment where I really decided that it was time to start over and start making some really important changes in how I approached my work. And so, like, after those words, it wasn't a quick transformation, but there was, there was a seed planted in me, that, and, and it came with some affirmation, like, no, you can't, you can't quit this work. This is what you do. And, I, and, I, and so I, I took that affirmation, and I mixed it with some of that, that reality she gave me, and I let it work on me. And this is where I stopped relentlessly beating myself up when I lost my patience with students, right? Like when I was no longer perfect in the classroom, I stopped beating myself up so bad about it. And there were times where I stopped, you know, where I, where I would run out of good ideas because like I really prided myself in those first few years of just like trying to make everything based off of a good idea I had, a great simulation, a really killer lesson, a really awesome hands-on learning experience. When I, start, when I started running at some of those good ideas all the time, I, I had my students learn about the French Revolution from reading a book. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes my class was a little bit more boring than it used to be. Um, and I learned that, that that's okay, students still engage when, when things are a little bit boring, maybe they actually need to learn to engage when things are sometimes a little bit more boring. I, I, I stopped grading every single assignment. I, st I still made time to listen to my students, 
but I started creating boundaries to protect my emotional health. I, I sometimes would turn off my lights during my planning periods or even lunch and just make it look like nobody was in my classroom because I didn't have the capacity to to just keep giving every ounce of myself to students every time they needed it. I started creating boundaries and times where I could do that, but then times where it was about filling up my cup and having some space and quiet to recuperate and recharge. You know, I, I, I learned to start using up all of my personal days, right? I was given sick days and personal days for a reason. I don't have to come to school if I'm feeling really, really sick. And so I started doing that, not expecting myself to have a perfect attendance record. I, I didn't always chaperone every dance. I had to choose only three graduation parties to attend, and I had to disappoint the rest of the students that I couldn't come to their parties. And as much as I knew how effective and important simulations and projects or hands-on learning are, you know, there were times where my students just had to do quiet individual work in my class because I had stuff to grade. And you know what I discovered from all of this? From, from shifting this mindset and no longer trying to be perfect all the time? I discovered that you don't have to be perfect to get to know your students and build relationships with them. Perfection isn't actually required to make your class memorable and even fun. And like I said, sometimes it won't be memorable and fun, and that's okay. Students still learn and grow and fail and succeed in all the things that I want for them in my imperfect classes. You know, and I still strive to do my best. And, I, and I, I'm always trying to get better at what I do, whether it's teaching students or teaching other teachers or writing or recording podcasts or video. I'm always still striving to get better. I, I, I still love the idea of, of being the best at what I can do. But I also know that I won't ever be perfect. That it's not possible. It's an unattainable goal. And by knowing this, I realize I don't have to carry this weight with me all the time. And I don't know about you, but that's a heavy weight to carry, just trying to be perfect. And, and it's still a constant process. I'm still constantly trying to learn to say no more. I'm still learning to create boundaries. I'm still trying to be okay with you know, being less than perfect and not beating myself up when, I'm, when, I, when I don't do things and execute perfectly, which still happens a lot, but I'm getting better at it. I'm getting kinder to myself. And with this weight gone, with this, this, this feeling that, oh, you don't have to be perfect at anything you do. With that weight gone, I feel like I'm a lot freer to be better at everything I do because I'm not trying to be perfect. Now I can actually just try to do my best. And I don't know about you, and I don't even know if this is all making sense, but it's making sense in my head. And so hopefully you can metabolize some of this uh, and, and just know that there's not an expectation to be perfect. It's actually not attainable. You can't do it, um, but you can keep showing up. And I think I've shared this line more than one time on this podcast, but I'll share it again because it's worked on me for years now, is your job is not to get 100% participation from your students. Your job is to continue to give them opportunities to succeed. That is what we should be striving for. Am I giving my students opportunities to grow and succeed and find joy in the learning process? Are you doing that? Because if the answer is yes, then it's like, yeah, you're doing enough. You can, you, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink it. You can't make your students engage. You can give them opportunities to, but whether they take those opportunities or not, that's largely out of your hands. And so what if we freed ourselves from the expectation to be perfect and get perfect participation and do everything right and instead just strive to just love our work and find ways to get better and better at it? 
that seems attainable. And so as you are moving into summer break, or if you're not getting summer break right now, if you're just moving into the next chapter to the next season, uh, may you continue to find ways to learn and grow and thrive in your work. Um, and if you are getting a break, uh, maybe to take a good break from it and rest and recuperate and get some energy uh, so that you can go back to this work and continue to pour into your students' lives and help them find different ways to succeed. So with that being said, uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, next week, I travel to Indiana where I'm working with some really brilliant teachers there. And then I go to Kentucky and then Indiana again to work with some different teachers. And then I head out to Utah for a really fun conference I get to do the keynote at. And then I go out to California. And so I'm hitting the road this summer. One of the great joys I have is uh, working with students, obviously. But man, do I love working with their teachers as well. And so I get to start doing that. Uh, a lot uh, starting next week and it's going to be a marathon just like all other forms of teaching it's not a sprint it's a marathon you got to have endurance for it and so I'm about to start that marathon and uh, if you have any interest in me coming your way to share some stories and ideas and practices uh, with you or your peers or if you're a school leader your teachers um, feel free to get in touch uh, so if you have uh, any interest in that just just feel free to get in touch my email is trevor at trevormuir.com or you can just go to my website uh, at trevormuir.com slash speaking and learn more and there is a contact form for you to get in touch but uh looking forward to being on the road with teachers this summer uh june is completely full and so is july but i do still have some space not much in august so feel free to get in touch soon about that um but really thank you for the good work you do uh all educators out there whether you are a teacher a para pro a counselor an assistant, administrator, bus driver, custodian, whatever you do to pour into the lives of students, just know that you have uh, a guy in uh, Michigan who's really, really grateful for it. So thanks for the good work you do. And uh, I hope you can find more and more ways to not be perfect and be perfectly okay with that. All right. Talk to you next time. Thanks, friends.